there are a lot of exciting dynamic things going on from Pine Cove City to our Summer Hill Youth Camp, invite cards in the atrium. How many of you are getting your car tagged right now as you're, listen, we, you can be a rolling billboard, promote Easter at 1910. There are a lot of people I know that have places to worship at Easter, but uh, if we can tag your car today, we'd love to do that. And so uh, it'll come off eventually. No, we'll help you with that too and get that off. But uh, we're so excited about what God's gonna be doing uh, on Easter, not, not only here, not, not only do we believe that the table will be set for a move of God, but, but we are literally are praying that for every house of worship. Hey, 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 listen, I say this all the time. And by the way, those of you that are watching us online, thank you. Can we welcome our online audience today and say thank you guys for joining us and wherever you're located. Um, but we, we really are praying for a move of God across our city uh, this county, this region, literally a move of God to the ends of the earth. I believe that, that, that heaven is ready to move in a mighty, powerful, record-setting way. I really believe that. Um, but are we ready? And so we've been carving out the last few weeks and going to continue today to prepare for a move of God, to prepare the way of the Lord, okay? And so I'm just gonna simply pray for revival. I'm praying for every house of worship uh, as they prepare for Easter. I'm even gonna pray for today, if that's okay. So here's what I wanna encourage you to do. I want you to think of another place of worship today, okay? Maybe that pastor's name, or maybe you've got a family or friend that attend a, another church that comes to your mind right now. And and, and, and as the people of God, let's just go to heaven right now. Can we do that? And pray for God to move. Grab that hand next to you. If you, if you like that person, if, if you don't, shame on you. Because um, we're even called to love our enemies. That's Bible, right? And pray for those who persecute us. We'll, we'll re look at that verse in a few moments. But let's just pray. Can we do that? God, thank you so much for being a God that's worth lifting our hands to, a God that's worth getting loud about, a God that's worth showing up and promoting Easter weekends over. Lord, you are just, you're awesome and you're worthy. And God, you're the reason we gather here today. Lord, we gather here today because we desire to commune with you. We, we want to spend time in your presence because God, we know that whenever we are in your presence, there's potential for our lives to never be the same, to be radically transformed. And God, today I want to pray as worshipers are gathered all across this incredible city of ours in this region, Lord, these, th this great state and this nation that we live in. God, I'm asking for a move of your spirit. Holy Spirit, would you blow like you did? back in Acts and would you shake foundations and walls and would there be no mistaking that that you anoint and you baptize people with fire watch out what you pray for but Lord that's what we're praying for I'm praying that people would get serious about you Jesus that we would open up our lives today for you to speak into them and to Lord make us more like your son and Lord to prepare us for the task of being an ambassador for you. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence in this moment and in this place. 
But God, we know that you are more than capable of covering a multitude of locations and showing up in unique ways for people to encounter you. And that's what I'm praying for today. Lord, I'm praying today that heaven would grow and hell would be defeated. Lord, I'm praying that that Jesus would get all the glory and the devil would be reminded that he is once again the loser. God, thank you for who you are. Lord, in this moment right now, I pray that you'd help us focus on what you want to speak into our lives. Lord, these next few moments, I believe, are so important in setting the trajectory of, of not only this week, but the trajectory of our lives. Let us not miss what you want to speak, Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to decrease. And Lord, I ask that you would increase and come and do what you want to do. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Everybody said, come on, somebody. Aren't you glad that you're here today? It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. We are in this series entitled Prepare the Way. And we've been encouraging uh, some things that we need to be about in order for us to get ready. What I believe is going to be an epic Easter. Listen, here's the deal. We are praying for an abnormal Easter at 1910 Church abnormal. You know what that means? means not normal. (laughs) That's deep, isn't it? It means not normal. Here's the deal. I don't want a normal Easter this year. I I, I don't. And and, and, and I don't know what, what you, what, what Easter looks like for you. Some of you will go shopping and some of you will color eggs and some of you will get all dolled up and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll have a special lunch or something or, or, uh, what, what have you. But I, I I'm praying that that Easter this year would be abnormal. And I want to let you know that, that it is the most attended Sunday on the calendar year. Um, and it's just a challenge sometimes to share a message that's quite normal. We're going to preach Jesus, a resurrected Jesus on Easter. And so how do you take a story, tell as old as time? How do you take that? I went to the Disney immersion experience this week, and you ought to go check it. It's awesome. But um, how, how do you take a story that, that we tell the same time every year and make it different? Well, I believe that God has something different for us this Easter. It's not going to be your normal Easter. And so I hope you're ready. We've been trying to prepare you. We've talked about inviting people. We've talked about getting you engaged in serving opportunities, and we want to encourage you to do that. But today might just be, thank you, Josh, the most important message in the series, um, because I believe that today what we're going to talk about literally has the power to shift Easter from being normal to abnormal. And it also has the power to shift your life from being normal status quo run of the mill to being something that is electric, off the chain, dynamic, and abnormal. Today, I want us to talk about how prayer changes things. Now, I'm going to throw a lot of things out to you. Some of you are going, man, come on, teach us something we didn't know. Okay, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to do that. But, but I want to just remind us of some things about the power that is available to us when we pray. But, but one of the things that I think is important for us to remember is for us to remember that God calls us to pray. 
Now, let me just read some of the verses in the Bible that, that relate to and, and, and validate this very thing. They're not on the screens, so you're just going to have to trust me. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it says, pray for those who persecute you. Come on, is that easy for anybody? Let me see your hand if that's easy for you. Okay, good. So I'm in, I'm in good company, am I not? But he says to pray for those, Jesus says, who persecute you. Jesus would go on to say in Matthew 6, 5, he says, and when you pray. You see, Jesus just assumed that prayer would be a big deal for us as believers. He also says in that chapter that not only when you pray, but when you fast and when you give. There are some things that Jesus just expects for those of us who belong to him would just be a normal part of how we function and operate. In Matthew 6, 9, Jesus gives us a model prayer. He says, this is how you should pray. Our Father which art in heaven. You know the Lord's prayer, right? He models and gives them even a model prayer. In Romans 12, 12, it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Wow. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction? Are you kidding me? Come on, I'm just going to be... It's, no, I want it to end right now. But he says, I want you to be faithful through prayer. We read in Ephesians 6, 18, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We read in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. Colossians 4, 2, we're reminded to devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, your memory verse for today, pray continually. Come on, for, for, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Pray continually. You see, you memorize God's word today. And in 1 Timothy 2, 1, we read these words of Paul. I urge you, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for anyone. I'm telling you, you cannot escape the very truth in scripture that God calls his people to pray. And I don't know about you, but when God calls me to do something, listen, his, his, his desire is that I respond with a heart of obedience to that. Listen, I believe that faithful people, people that want to honor God are going to do the things that God calls them to do. And they're going to do it God's way. I was in a premarital counseling session with a young couple and I tell them at the very beginning of our session together, Hey, you need to understand something about me. I don't perform ceremonies. I make investments in marriages. If you want to get married, you can go join 350 other couples at the Bear County Courthouse Valentine's Day and just have a ceremony. It's cheaper probably too to do it that way, right? But I don't just perform ceremonies. I make investments. And you need to also understand something about me. I believe that God created marriage. And as in anything in life, we ought to look to the one who created something to see how it's supposed to function and operate. Well, my friend, can I tell you something today that God has given us a manual an instruction book on how we should live our lives. And I do believe this, that when we do it his way, life goes better. Doesn't mean that life is perfect, but life is better. And when I do face those afflictions and difficulties, then those setbacks, right? Come on, somebody. He gives me instruction on how to respond to that. I just simply know that obedience is the way to live my life. And this idea of prayer today is an act of obedience. God calls us to pray. And the question is, how are we going to respond? Now, listen, you heard in our announcement video today about something that we've set up that is going to take place next Saturday. 
all around this region. From Bandera to Bergheim, I think we've got homes located north of us here up towards the, the Comfort area, all the way down to Fair Oaks Ranch. We have about 14 homes. We're calling them lighthouses. Homes, people that have said, hey, we'll open up our doors. We'll let people in. And, and, and we want to simply gather together with God's people. We're going to share a meal together. Come on, somebody. You know, you know anything's better when food's present, Right. Some barbacoa and big red always make things go better. Amen? Come on, somebody. <clears throat> but whenever we not only eat together, but then we're going to gather together next Saturday evening in lighthouses all around this region, and we're going to pray for a move of God. We're going to pray as we prepare for Holy Week. Next week is, is Palm Sunday, right? And we're going to preach about that. And I got a great sermon for you. I hope that you'll come back next week. But, but as we prepare for Holy Week, we're going to pray for a move of God across our land. And so I want to encourage you to, to, to find one of these lighthouses to connect with. Come on, somebody. In fact, today out in the connections, that's, you'll, you'll see the map and you'll see where all the different homes are located. I want to encourage you to carve out time. You've got to eat dinner next Saturday anyway right? Might as well do it with some people, you know, or meet some new folks. But more importantly, what would happen if a hundred to 200 people gathered together to really focus and pray for a move of God? Listen, I know what happened in the book of Acts when 120 people were gathered together in an upper room. Pastor Gary began to call out for a move of God. He showed up. The foundation of that place shook. They were baptized with fire and they were never the same. Peter preaches a sermon of his life. 3,000 people get saved. Signs and wonders are breaking out. And even non-Christians are saying, you guys, something is happening. You guys got some juju on you that I, we can't wrap our arms around. It's the spirit of God. And he wants to do that in our day and time. Do we believe that? Come on. Or do we believe that this is done? This is over with. These things can't happen any longer. I'm telling you, prayer is the key. Prayer is going to be key for us to experience a move of God this Easter. Come on. I don't know if this is translating to those of you that are watching online right now. Come on. But if you believe in, I dare you right now just to shout glory. Throw your hands up and shout hallelujah right now at Bennigan's and see what happens. Is Bennigan's even a deal anymore? They're closed. Okay. Well, resuscitate it. God has a way of bringing dead things back to life. Amen. Come on, somebody. See what I did there? Prayer changes things. Listen, I also believe that prayer is one of the most powerful weapons that God gives us. Now, listen, if you knew that you were armed with a powerful weapon, but you didn't use it, you kept it holstered or you kept it tucked away under lock and box, man, that weapon is rendered useless, right? It looks good and makes a great story for you to talk about and hold it up. But a weapon is given to you to help you in a time of need. And why is it that we oftentimes just wait till we're in need in order to pray? I'm reminded as when I was a young boy, I saw a picture in the story. It's a cartoon and the story's told of a, of a man that's walking off and he falls off the edge of a cliff. Maybe you've seen this or heard this. And he grabs hold of a branch that is sticking out of the side of the, the cliff and, he, and he's holding on for dear life and he begins to yell, help me. Is there anybody up there that can help me? And there was a voice said, I'm here. I can help you. Well, well, help me. What, what, what can I do? The voice said, let go of the branch. 
To that, the gentleman said, is there anybody else up there that can help me? So oftentimes prayer is our last resort when I believe prayer ought to be our first and number one priority. Why do we wait to pray when we find ourselves in trouble or difficulties? But make no mistake about it. When you do find yourself in a predicament, prayer is a powerful weapon that God is in. Do you understand that prayer is more powerful than anything demonic that can come against you? At the name of Jesus, even the demons tremble. At the name of Jesus, environments change. At the name of Jesus, breakthroughs come. But we don't use it. We don't understand the power that we possess. We're talking Avenger type of stuff, greater than that. There's power for us when we pray. I believe that prayer is the most basic spiritual discipline, but also the most neglected. We don't understand the power that's available to us. Or I don't want to bother God with all my stuff. Uh, you know, God's got enough concerns and worries besides what I can bring to, you know, the table. I, I love what Pastor D.L. Moody said about prayer. He said, God's not bothered by our constant coming and asking. The way to trouble God is to not come at all. And I think so many times heaven's just saying, just call out to me. Man, I got so many good things in store for you. Or, hey, listen, I've got an outcome you can't even imagine. What you see as a setback, I'm just setting you up for something absolutely incredible, but I just need you. And I just think so oftentimes God's just waiting and then the angels are waiting in heaven. They're waiting to be deployed, but we don't call out. We don't come to him and we miss the miracle. Don't miss it. Don't miss this moment that God has for you. And I, I, I think that prayer ought to be just as natural to us as, in, as believers as, as breathing is. It should just be a natural part of what we do. Not when we're hanging on the edge of a cliff, but it just ought to be a natural part. It ought to be our, hey, I'm telling you, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody that allows God into their day and be disappointed about that. I've never met anybody that says, you know what, man, I invited God to take over my situation or I invited God to be Lord over my life today. And you know what, boy, that was a waste of my time. No. In fact, look what it says in, in Psalm chapter 37, verse 20 something. I can't, 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Come on, you know what this verse promises us? Those who follow God, those who are obedient to the things that God calls them to, he delights in orchestrating our steps. Yeah, so many people say, man, I just don't think God's hearing my prayer. Are you being obedient? Are you being faithful? Would you be labeled as, what's it say? Godly, little g. Are you that? It says the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Come on, you want God to direct your steps? Be obedient to the things he's calling you to do and step back, Jack or Jill, and watch him do what only he can do. Is there an echo going on in this room? It kind of sounds echoey to me. 
Gage that back. I'm, I'm pretty boisterous with my voice today. I'm fired up right now. Amen. It just sounds like I'm in a cave right now. That's okay. The Lord directs those steps though. Man, what would happen if you invited him into your daily routine? Hey, what would happen if, 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 if you, before you got out of bed, in fact, I heard somebody say one time, we need to see the face of God before we see the faces of our friends. What if God was one of the first people you reached out to every day and say, God, listen, what do you want to do today? I'm ready. I'm yours. Oh, I know I got to go to school. I know that there's work and work, work. I know we got all that stuff, but God, Hey, how can we make it happen today? Who's somebody on my school campus that needs to see the love of Jesus? Hey, God, how can I honor my employer today? How can I be the employee of the day? I'm the EOD. I want to be the MVP in all that I do today. God, how can I love my family better? God, come on, I need you to help me, Lord. Or God, I've got this facing me today. God, I'm going to need you. Come on, what would happen if... It wasn't our last, our last priority, but it was the first priority of our day. God, take over. Wow. Can you imagine? The word of the Lord says he directs the steps and he delights in every detail. Come on, instead of us walking around feeling like victims for all the hurt and the pain that this world throws, can we start living as victors? Because we have the power of God at our fingertips. He's with us. Am I talking to anybody right now? Come on, man. Golf clap. That's okay. That's all right. It's going to get gooder. I promise you. How do you pray? I think God wants us to bring our concerns and our cares to him. I just know that people that are gospel carriers are always going to move in this idea of prayer and devotion unto God. I believe that with my whole heart. Um, But how are you praying? Are are, are, are you just caught up in, in praying just small, kind of just get me through the moment types of prayers or... Are you praying some big prayers? In fact, let me ask you, do do you pray prayers that will change the world or do you just pray prayers that are gonna change you? Listen, I don't think I have to encourage any of us, hey guys, we just need to pray for ourselves more. I think we probably do a pretty good job of that, right? And please hear my heart. There's nothing wrong with that. God says, cast all your cares upon me. God wants to take that hurt. God wants to take that pain. God wants to take whatever you're facing. Yes, he wants you to come to him with your requests and needs. If I care for the lilies of the field, do you not think I care more about you? If I care for the birds of the air, come on. He cares for you and your needs. But I think sometimes we limit this powerful move and work of God because all we do is we pray these small types of prayers. Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you for my server. Bless them. Lord, thank you for my family and the hands that prepared it. Or Lord, hey, Lord, would you grant us a good night's sleep? And Lord, if it's in your divine providence, would you wake us up tomorrow morning ready to go and live for you? Nothing wrong with those things. But what would happen if we really begin to pray some... Jim Collins wrote a book called Good to Great. Anybody ever picked that up or read that. Yeah. If you're a business leader, I strongly encourage it. But in that book, Jim Collins 
writes about having big, hairy, audacious goals. BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. What would happen if we began to pray some BHAPs? <laughs> some big, hairy, audacious prayers? When, in fact, when's the last time you prayed a prayer that was so big that, that it was going to require an awesome, miraculous work of God in order to be accomplished? See, a lot of us just pray prayers that, let's just be honest, we probably can handle or take care of. You know, and, that, and that's okay, I, but I think you're missing out. I think there's more. Listen, when we're praying for revival and when we're praying for a harvest of epic proportions on Easter, listen, our staff has made so many incredible plans around here at 1910 for the next few weeks. And some of those things are already in motion. We're tagging cars, we're beautifying the campus, we're stuffing Easter eggs. That's a lot of things. We've got landing pages, we're inviting, we've got a lot of things already in motion. We've got a Monday Thursday service coming up. We've got lighthouses of prayer. Listen, there are a lot of plans, but I'm telling you, all of those are plans and if we could invite God and, and commit it to him and let him take over, those things just go to the whole nother level. Are you with me there? See, I think a lot of us are missing out on a miraculous move of God in our lives because our prayers are just shallow. They're small. And don't, again, I want, God wants to know the desires of your heart and the cares and concerns you carry. But let me ask you this. When's the last time you prayed for, as it says in Matthew 5, someone who's persecuted you? When's the last time you prayed by name for someone that you know that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Or Lord, would you just save lost people? Nothing wrong with that, but hey, Lord, would you save John, my coworker? Lord and his wife, Mary, would you do a work in their lives? Or when's the last time you prayed by name for someone who's maybe afflicted with some sort of ailment? Or Lord, would you just bring healing to... I'm telling you, when's the last time you prayed a prayer so big it was gonna require a wonder-working God to intervene and step into that? And let me just remind you what God says in Isaiah chapter 59, verse one. He says, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you. Nor, his, his, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. I'm telling you, it's time for us to pray some big prayers. It's time for us to start praying for the salvation of so-and-so by name, right? Come on, big prayers. Jesus would speak to that same thought when he comes to the book of Matthew and he writes these words. He's speaking to his disciples and, and he's kind of, kind of let them know that, hey, listen, you don't have enough faith. And this passage is a challenge for all of us with our faith, but, but, but I think there's another challenge that we oftentimes miss. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and, I would, or, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. You see, I think that the, the, the truth of this verse is it's not only just to poke fun or, or to reprimand a group of disciples or us even for our shallow faith, even though I believe that that is something for us to always challenge ourselves with. But more importantly, I think it's for us to begin to turn our eyes from our mountains to Jesus. 
It's for us to shift our gaze and to look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. See, when I shift my gaze, the things down here, well, they don't look the same. Come on, somebody. You ever been in a situation maybe you were scared, anxious, fearful, at your wits end, didn't know what was going to happen, and you just simply called out Jesus? You shifted your attention and your gaze from that mountain or that situation front, and you just begin to look upward. And you begin to cry out, Jesus, I need you right now. I think Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I want you to get your, quit looking. Come on, look up. Come on, my child. I'm for you. And I, I, I have answers and solutions and I need you to just, hey, no, no, no quit looking at the, Peter, don't look at the storm. Uh, Peter, get your, P, uh, uh, Peter, I want you to look at me. I want you to look up because I've got so much more. Hey, come on, you and I. I'm more than enough. I'm not trying to make light of what's going on, but if you'll just trust me, I will make light of it. And what seems like a mountain, oh, come on, my child, come on, I'm for you. Birds, lilies, come on, I got you. Look at me. Jesus is able to turn our mountains into molehills. And what seems impossible to us is just opportunities for him. Come on, y'all. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Can I just remind you, we serve a mountain-moving God. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. I believe I'll see you do it. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And if I think all of us took an inventory of our lives right now, we would look back and be able to, oh yeah, I remember that moment. You know, that's why in the Old Testament, you find that oftentimes they'd build these monuments, they'd build these Ebenezers, so that every time that a person would pass by that way, they would come up on this Ebenezer and say, oh, ooh, something happened here. There was a, ooh, Shonda. There's some stuff happening right here. You know, there's something going down right here. Woo! Anybody got some goosebumps right now? Because there's a reminder right there. I've seen God move. Remind us of that, oh God. Right? Woo! We serve a mountain moving However bleak or dismal your situation, can I get some keys going? Because I'm going to preach better if there's a little music underneath me right now. When we can remember who is on our side, we will not pause, hesitate, delay in taking it all to him. And there is nothing that you're going to ask him for that catches him by surprise or that is too big for him to handle, or in which he doesn't already see the solution. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Prayer changes things. What's your biggest need right now? 
What's the thing that is most troubling to you in this moment today? What is it that you, you already know that you're, you're, you've got coming up this week that is already just causing you right now in this moment? Just, oh, I just wish that. What is that? What relationship seems too far gone? What, 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 what job situation is hopeless? What, what, what health proclamation over you seems, well, I'm just not going to make it through this one. What is it? I'm just remind you of something today. Prayer changes things. Yes, My marriage is rocky and shaky and, well, God wants to speak into that. My kids just off the rails. Or, or maybe my parents are just off the rails. <laughs> what do I do? God wants to speak into that situation. You know, I've tried it this way and I'm trying to figure out this and I'm trying to correct this and I'm trying for this outcome or, you know, I'm trying to why don't you stop trying so hard and just turn your eyes upon Jesus? And why don't you just invite him in? Remember, it's not that he's so concerned about us continually coming to him. He's more concerned when we don't. And we try to leave him out. Listen, if I told you that I had someone that could fix you, you'd probably want that person to fix you, wouldn't you? If I told you I had someone that had the cure for whatever you're going through, you probably would turn to that person. I'm telling you, you have that available to you today. His name is Jesus. And this gift of prayer, and it is a gift. None of us deserve to come into his presence. We're broken, flawed, jacked up, dirty. We've hurt his heart this week. Some of us have even cussed at him and we've done things completely opposite. But yet he still today is just like, I just wish you'd let me in. I'm not done with you. I'm not so mad at you that I don't want to be a part would you just let me in? I want to help. And, and, and oh, by the way, that, that spirit of mine that I left you, that's what he's here for, to be a helper, an advocate. He's an encourager. And he's one that if you will just let him into your life through him, I'm telling you, there are greater things yet to be done. Prayer changes things. We're going to continue to just pray and we're going to continue to just worship in this moment because 
just as I believe that this atmosphere is unlike any atmosphere that we experience during the week, I believe that this atmosphere is changing. And, and I believe that if you will let it, this atmosphere and the presence of the one who is filling this room right now can change your life as well. So Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder today that Prayer is a powerful weapon. Prayer is a gift that you call us to pray, God. And there's so much available to us if we will just turn our eyes upon you. You are a mountain-moving God. Thank you that even right now, the way we came in can shift because this atmosphere is different. It's filled with your presence. Lord, shift us now. The altar of the Lord is open for you. Come and worship him.